Your hand covers it. Mine does too. <laughs> it wasn't my hand, it was your hand. You know what's the problem right now? What? Is that it's Tuesday, we're late on this podcast. Yeah, we're Mr. sorry Gordon. folks, listen. Yes, it's my fault. Delaware's it, fault. It is Delaware's fault. We're not going to talk trash about Delaware. It is the place no. of no left turns though. It is no left turns. <laughs> There's no left turns in Delaware. If you guys go to Delaware, just be prepared to not turn left. You know, Delaware wouldn't be so bad, right? If it was easy to get to from here. I would agree with that. That's the real issue. Yeah. Because you have to drive either through Lancaster or go down south and cut across. Right, right. It's it's the drive. It's yeah. a two-lane road the entire way there. Three-hour right. drive. Yeah. Well, no, it was. it's about two hours. Well, it depends on where you go in Delaware. Right. True. I was I was up north, so yeah. um, so it was only a two-hour drive. But, uh, well, the, the problem, and I would argue, too, that once you get into Delaware, you can't get out because you can't turn left. Oh my gosh! So I mean, you you'll spend hours just driving around Delaware, just trying bumping to get, up against the ocean. That's right, trying to get <laughs> trying to get home. <laughs> so I'm making a turn. So 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 you know, welcome to uh, welcome to our next episode of the Six AM Podcast. Uh, and I apologize; it's my fault uh, for for this being delayed because I was away yesterday on a on a trip to Delaware um, for business. But it was a successful one, and I met with a really great crew out there. So I'm I'm That's super awesome. excited to be working with them. It's not all your fault. It's not. Entirely. I totally. I could have gotten my puppet of you over there. Yes. And put it on my knee and just you know used my lip sync abilities. Right, but isn't and that what you do at night? So, so hello, I'm Jeff Beckmer. Is that what I sound like? Yeah, <laughs> see. You don't that, say. Yeah, you don't say. See, yeah. You know, it's funny. Is that like every time somebody in my household like like imitates my voice, it's always like who. Oh, I'm daddy. Ooh. And I'm like, is that what I sound like? Like, oh, sorry, I broke that. Ooh. You know? But to them, it probably. That's right. Know? Like, to them, that's what I sound like, I guess. It's hilarious. I but sound like know, an ogre. We, we turned into, like, these big lugs. I, you know, so the other day, I had to I had to find my daughter and talk to her. She was with um, her, her youth group. And I walk into the, the cafe where they're all hanging out. And I walk in like Bebop and I'm just my young bad self, Jeff, you know, yeah. from way back in the early 90s. Oh, yeah, yeah. Jeff Jeff from back in the day. Walk past a crew over here like, what's up, man? Yeah. Another crew over here, what's up, guys? And then I see my daughter hanging out with her friends and they looked embarrassed. <laughs> and then all of a sudden the, the whole room closed in on me and I right. realized like I'm the old guy coming to find his daughter. Yeah. And I'm like, uh... Well, Hey, uh, I'll be over here. Okay, Dad. See ya. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Right. You know, she, yeah. she gave me the whole, what are you doing in here? Yeah. Yeah. That's but awesome. It happens fast, man. It does happen fast. And before you know it, all your slang's not cool anymore. And then you started trying to like use their slang, but it doesn't work out so good. Yeah. I remember one time, I know, I remember one time my mom tried to use our slang against <laughs> me, you know, and she said something like, I know you think you're a really cool dude. And I just freaking lost it because I was like, the hell is to that? Which, to which you told her, not. Not. Psych. Psych. So, yeah. Yeah. Speaking speaking of being an ogre, because my kids think I'm an ogre, you, you're you like officially labeled as uh, Big Jeff, right? From, yeah. the, from the seminar this past weekend. We just had a yeah. uh, great seminar with... Uh, uh, with our uh, trainer partner and instructor, Mr. Uh, John Torres. Yeah, that was a beautiful seminar. It was actually a really good seminar, and I was uh, I was really glad to to be there because I learned a lot. And um, and not only did I learn a lot, but we we each got like one little technique out of that that I thought was like it was pure gold. Oh, absolutely. And I feel like a total knucklehead for not even like, thinking about it. It has to do with the pistol grip. 
And I was like, I was like, well, I don't understand like how this is not working or functioning. And I'm like, oh shit, that's how, that's how he does that. And like, it's, it's totally revolutionized. That pistol grip was tight. Yeah, it was great. And so now like everything I do with that pistol grip is going to be, is going to be solid. Except for no geek. I'm totally screwed then. So, but. Yeah, uh, what do you got for that, Mr. Torres? Yeah. yeah, There's no pistol grip in no geek. Yeah, ruined it. It's ruined. Um, So going back to the big Jeff thing. Yeah. Um, so I'll let you in on, on you know, uh, one of the alleys in the dark corner of Jeff's brain. Yeah, go ahead. Not even sure why this is a thing, but I don't see myself as a big guy. Mm-hmm. Right? So in my head, I'm walking around with, like, everybody else, and I'm like, I feel like I'm just one of the everybody else size-wise. Yeah, yeah. And then I see pictures that, you know, a vet posted after the fact, and I'm like, dang, who's that guy? And it's me! <laughs> it's you, right, yeah. yeah <laughs> like, yeah, dang on it. Yeah, you're a giant, and I get the same grief. Actually, to be honest with you, I, I, you know, I don't because I consider myself, and I'm, and I'm not, I'm not a big dude except for that I'm six one, yeah, and and I, I'm a, was usually about 175 pounds. So I mean, whatever, I, you know, I'm, I'm thinner, right? But I like I'm tall, but I, I think of myself as really little, and all my to my kids like I'm a giant, sure. and uh, to my wife I'm a giant. She's just little, and she's like, you're not a little person, like. When you like when you see yourself in pictures, you're like right. towering over people, and you're like, "Oh well, you're not right. a little." But I feel like I am, right? But you know what? You pack I, cause a I lot of with, meat on those bones. I do pack a lot of meat. <laughs> you want to see some of it? Yeah, <gasps> I knew it. I love when you do that because <laughs> it's so funny. Because <laughs> I'm like no biceps at all, but I love to like curl them. Oh, that's great. So, but anyway, I think that uh, it, it it's just like perspective. Well, see, and that's the other thing is I'll tell you this is that. You know, from an from an outside world, for those that don't know where we roll and stuff, I I do roll in the land of giants. I mean, most of the the guys that I roll with outweigh me, outmuscle me. They're big, tall, strong, or they're not as tall as me, but they're super stacked. You know, I mean, like this yeah. is not, you know, I I roll in the land of giants. So That's crazy. You know, yeah. it's funny too. We've uh, we've been kicking off um, some roles with some of our instructors, yeah, and um, it's been a real benefit. You know, from a high level standpoint. You know, rolling with Greg, which we don't get to do too often, um, and you know Tom Anderson comes up, and you know there's just a handful of guys. I tell you, those those roles, it really starts to sharpen every fine detail. So when we talk about that pistol grip, it's no small thing, right? Like we talk about you know holding on to a pistol grip, but the way we're we're forcing it down and bringing our elbow across, you know that that had changed everything. I used it three times today. I was telling you, yeah. Yeah. And it just, it changed the way that I approached that position. Right. And we should also mention that for, for our listeners who, who weren't, you know, at the, at the seminar that John, uh, who gave the seminar, he's 135 pounds. Yeah. But it's like wrestling a, a bear. Yeah. It's like wrestling a guy that's 250 pounds. So, <laughs> so true. So, uh, you know. So the position was, it was closed guard and we were doing an arm drag across and ultimately to take the back. It was an arm drag. Yeah, and super, super fundamental stuff. But like just the way that he executed it was like, yeah. you know. It was Very like, cool seminar. Yeah, it was it was awesome. And it's, you know, one of the things that I, I, you know, not to harp on it, but I love when somebody's able to take fundamentals and turn them into a high level technique. Oh, for sure. Right, because, you know, we can all learn to do a simple arm bar. But when we start breaking it down into its micro components, right. it's amazing how that becomes something very high level. It is, and it's something that you can look forward to. Then, like you know, like if you're wherever you are in your career for in terms of jujitsu, like for me as a brown belt, I was like that. I learned, I learned something that is going to be devastating for my for my jujitsu game, and it's all based on fundamentals, which you and I love. I mean, we teach fundamentals, and uh, and it's just again, it's just the it's just proof positive that fundamentals 
Like you can do all the other cool stuff, don't get me wrong, and it's all like valid and neat and interesting to me, but like if you don't have those fundamentals, like yeah, you know, you're you're doomed. So that might be why it takes so long to get to a, a black belt level, right? Right. I mean, because here's the thing: there's not a whole lot to jujitsu, right? If you really break down, if somebody were to map out all the moves, there's only um, a finite amount of moves that can happen, right? Like fair enough. Yeah. Someone's like, oh, here's the Barambolo. Okay. This is a new move people have been doing. Well, you know, then they find um, you know ancient black and whites. Of yeah. them doing a barambolo, you know, in, yeah. back in Japan, right? right so, right. so it's funny. Like it's it, this. There's nothing new that's happening in this sport, and you can learn it all if you have a big capacity to learn. Sure. But then to go back and revisit each one of those things, and we've all done it. You're sitting at a seminar, or you're sitting in a class, and you're like, "Man, I've seen this move a thousand times." Sure. And then you start drilling it again. You're like, "I forgot that." Right. Oh, there's that one small part, you know, and it becomes a yeah a, a micro movement. It is. And I think the worst is when you like think that you have that fundamental down and you get called out as an uki from your instructor <laughs> to demonstrate the move and you're like, I totally just fucked this up because I have no idea what I'm doing. You're like, oh, I just, I just, what's that? Bad uki. Yeah, bad uki. You, you obviously don't know the move, but you're like, but the whole time, like the 20 other times you've been showing it, you're like, I don't need to see this. I can learn this way back in the day. Yeah. I don't need to know this. Well, oh yeah, you kind of do. But it's interesting because it's a good segue in today's topic, which is, uh, which is about, um, you know, sort of manage or, or the difference between a goal, uh-huh. right, and the delusion of a goal, right, right? Um, and uh, and sort of managing expectations. So this is a great segue into that because you know we've got, um, you know, you, you know before you put the cart before the horse, essentially is what we what we want to talk about today. Is like is maybe you should you know maybe you should check on your cart or maybe you should check on your horse or maybe you should do both. Yeah, you know, but. Uh, <laughs> Make sure one or both are there. Like, right. right. I, I would think that if you don't have one, you don't, you ain't got the other. But. Yeah. So, you know, to put a definition to it, you know, uh, a goal is something that's measurable, attainable. You know, a lot of times we use the acronym SMART. And, um, you know, everything about the SMART acronym describes something that is a process. And the closest thing I've ever come to think about, you know, goals versus a delusion is in our in our ranking system on the mats, right? So... A goal would sure. be something like we have a goal to become a black belt, and along that way, we've got these measurable, uh, attainable out. You know, I guess steps that we have to hit. Right, right. And the delusion is the guy that comes in, and he goes, uh, "Yeah, I'd like to try this," and they're like, "Oh, yeah, what do you hope to get out of it? I want to be a black belt." Right. Well, okay. So <laughs> let's let's um let's bring your delusion back to normalcy. Here. Right. Right. So, you know, that's what we want to talk about today. Well, I think that, you know, it's interesting. And again, as we as we put this in the context of, of jiu-jitsu and, and Brazilian jiu-jitsu specifically, is that, like, the reason we say that... Because getting a black belt in Brazilian jiu-jitsu is obtainable. We've seen people do it. And now you and I are, have not reached that yet. Um, but we see, we've seen people get promoted to black belt, right? So yeah. you're like, I can... I can't attain it. And we're close. So, I mean, like... it's and We've heard that it's happened before. I mean... I, I, I did on the internet. I, yeah. I read about it. And... Uh, and so, like, so it's not that it's not that you becoming a black belt is like a, is delusional thinking. But the reality of the situation is is that when you look at like a uh, like a large class of people, or even a small one for that matter, and the the differences between white to brown, like a lot of those people at the white belt level won't be there. Like, so the reality is is that it takes ten plus years on average for you to get your black belt, and the likelihood of you sticking around that long at something is probably pretty low. Um, and so what we're talking about today is we don't, you know, we think it's more important to manage those expectations and set obtainable goals 
because that's how you that's how you just move to the next level, right? Versus saying yeah. shooting for the shooting for the end goal, which is a black belt, whatever. Um, it can set you up for failure. And one other thing that I wanted to say that was that was kind of really important. It was a great takeaway from the entire seminar on Sunday from John was that, you know, he made warning about getting that black belt because um, we were getting ready to do promotions, belt sure. promotions. And a lot of people, uh, a lot of folks got their blue belt, which is a huge, you know, so big congratulations to those guys. Yeah, we learned like six names. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, there was like great. All of a sudden people appeared. Yeah, there were people. <laughs> <laughs> like there was nobody standing there, and then all of a sudden there's somebody there. Yeah, it was terrific. Yeah, like, who was that? Yeah, I don't even know who that guy is. You're yeah. a person. Yeah, you are a human now. <laughs> not just Hopefully. an ethereal. Yeah, mist. You're just not. Yeah, exactly. Okay. You're a human being now, uh, with rights. Welcome yeah. to humanhood. Yeah, that's nice. That is nice. nice. Merry Christmas too, by the way. Although one of those belts, I would say the color was blueple. It was blurple. Blurple? Yeah, blurple. Blurple. Yeah, it was part blue, part purple. Some of the, you know, it's funny because over the years I've seen all these different, you know, like blade, baby blue ones. Yeah. Baby dark, purple. Dark blue, dark blue ones. Super dark blue. Like you can't yeah. tell the difference between that and the gee. Right. And, you know, even like the brown belt that I got, I mean, it, when I first put it on, I was like, man, this thing is almost black. It looks like a black belt in pictures. But I mean, it's faded now and I, it's actually not, not terrible at this point. But yeah. Yeah, it's like the the white, but we saw the one got got tied on, and I was like, man, I think that's blurple, blurple. It was blurple. It was yeah. blurple. It was blurple. It was part blue, part purple. So, but anyway, see how that one fades. You you know you're distracting me from the point, which was that <laughs> and I I noticed when I listen back to our podcast that this happens a lot, where I start to trail off on things I never <laughs> never finish a fucking sentence ever. So so the one thing that John said was warning, and it was and it was a, and it wasn't like a it wasn't a grave warning or anything. It was just like you know. You know, we know that the aim, the ultimate aim is for the black belt, but once you reach that point, there's no more promotions really after that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yes, you get your stripes for your years of service and so forth, but, but there's, you've reached the, the top of the, the heap, so to speak, in terms of your, in terms of ranking. So the real reason you should be here isn't for promotions. At some point it's going to be, you're not, there's no more promotions. So you should be doing this because you love it, because right. you enjoy the process of jujitsu. And the question, I mean, I do this with my with my clients as well in terms of work, and that is the question becomes, if I knew that there wasn't any uh, there wasn't any hope of larger compensation, right? Like we all should be compensated for our work, and I think that's a reasonable expectation meeting the, our needs, right? But if there wasn't hope of a grander proposition, would you still be doing this work? Is this something of interest to you? And if the answer is yes, you're on the right path. If the answer is no, maybe you should be reconsidering where you're at. You know, which is totally yeah. reasonable too, by the way. Well, that's a realistic uh, scenario too. Yeah, that happened with me in sales. And I, I, you know, when I got out of college, uh, I was selling in college, and um, I got a job in pharmaceuticals, selling outside of college. So you were a drug dealer. I was a drug dealer for a while. <laughs> Let's just call it what it is. I mean, you can call it pharmaceuticals if you want. Yeah. All right, good. But I mean, it was for sure drugs. Yeah, it was drugs. You're a drug dealer. Um, I went on to doing some, uh, you know, medical distribution and then devices, <laughs> you know, and, and this was all legal stuff, folks. Mm -hmm. Super legal. Yeah. So anyways. Yeah. Um, you know, it would always, it was always my goal to win, you know, the big trip or the, you know, the big payout, you know. And, right. And, and that did happen. It happened a couple times, numerous times. And, you know, what I found was, is that the payout never really met the same level of work that went into it, right? Okay. And and it wasn't that, you know, the work wasn't necessary to get done. You know, when you're in sales, you're out there to sell. That's your job. Sure. And it just, it just made me realize that I didn't enjoy the process of selling as much 
um, you know, so getting to the win wasn't as important to me anymore. And that's, you know, I got okay. out of sales. Okay. Um, but that being said, there's a lot of fun to be had in that process. And that's where, you know, when I realized I wasn't having any, any more fun doing sales is when I decided that it was time to move on. So for you, you sort of reached the pinnacle, right? Yeah. I mean, at least in your own mind of like where you wanted to go. And when you landed on that goal, you, you felt you were underwhelmed with, underwhelmed, yeah. with what happened. And so did you, did you assess then the, the path to get to that point and decide to leave or, or was it just, I mean, how did that work for you? Yeah. You know, I, I guess what happens is, is that, you know, and for anybody who's in sales out there, you'll know this to be true for the most part um, in most compensation packages, right? When you sell and you kill it one year, yeah, you set yourself up for a really tough next year because right, yeah, like, everything yourself. fell yeah. in place. You know, when you have those banner years, not only did you have the right things falling into place, but you also brought your level up of sales to the max. So you hit out everything firing on all cylinders everything was greased sure so when you come back you know january 1 and you're like you know how am i going to reassess you know, what am i going to do this year you're like dang on it is it possible you know right and not to say people can't reinvent themselves or come up with new ideas i know people who have won back to back to back and sure you know that happens in sports and sure. super bowls whatever but um you know and i and i did do that a couple of years i i came back and reinvented the way i was going to approach it but then I just kind of got tired of doing that. Right. Right. You know, at some point in time, you're like, I just want to go out and do my job day after day and do this thing that I know what's expected. And, um, you know, and that was when I knew that I was, you know, moving away from sales. Sure. Okay. So you're looking for like a more consistently fulfilling path, in other words. Like yeah. You're... It's, it, I, I need to enjoy the process. Right. Right. And, and exactly like you're saying, when, when you're doing your job, you know, you would do it whether you were getting paid or not. Right. Right. After my basic needs are met, I would sure. say, I would argue that like, if it wasn't, if like my, for me specifically, and that this doesn't go for everybody. Some people financial compensation or benefits packages or trips or whatever are their, it's like their love language, right? It's yeah. how they, you know, it's where they find their incentive to do work. Um, for me, it's the doing of the work that that's what I'm in. Uh, that is what I'm inspired to do. Um, and, uh, and I don't know, I just get a kick out of the, out of the process. I enjoy doing it. So yeah, my answer would be like it without now with that said, you know, I do look forward to like the big wins, but it's always, it's always compartmentalized in, in the doing of the work. So like the, the big win is nothing to me if I don't get to do the work. Right. Right. Or the work doesn't come out the way that I wanted it to. Like that's that's a big loss for me. I that's a bigger loss than not. It's it's almost it a bigger loss, right? I, I absolutely I absolutely don't get along with money at all, really. And this is one thing that um, you know, my mentors worked on with me and my, my wife's worked on with me is like it's okay to accept more or to ask for more and I think that's important. I just put it in different different contexts. Like I want more work to do <laughs> this, like, but remember to ask for more money too. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> so I'm not an astute businessman by any stretch of the imagination. I, um, uh, you know, on the contrary, I would say that I'm, I'm actually an idiot when it comes to business, but I, but I try, you know, I try always to make it so that I'm feeling the most fulfilled mm -hmm. at the end of the day and however that comes out. Um, and I think part of that, which leads into some of the things that we've been talking about is how I do actually manage my expectations which was an evolving process and continues to be. Um, and I think that, uh, you know, we, especially this being, you know, so close to the holidays, we're coming up on New Year's. 
and um, many folks, and there's no shame in this. I want to make sure that everybody, uh, uh, like at least from our perspective, there's no shame in setting a New Year's resolution. At all. I think it's, I think it's awesome. And I think yeah. people that do that, like for me, New Year's Day, for whatever reason, has always been super depressing. I don't know why. It's just always <laughs> seen, like, you know, you have the high, the holidays, and then New Year's yeah. Day, and you're like, you know. And here comes another year. Yeah, here comes another year. And like, so to have like the... The prospect of a new year and new resolutions and goals that you set for yourself, I think it, it helps get through that that period of time, which would most of us would consider January and February, which is a total shit show because it rains a lot and it's cold and you know oh, it's miserable. It's miserable, and uh, you know you you want to get through that so you have something to to gravitate towards. But I think that what happens is we set our goals way too high, um, or we we put them in a a part that is in the the category of delusion and. Sure. And then when we don't reach them, you know, you talk about that. You say, well, even if you're one to admit it, a lot of people don't even admit it, but they'll say, you know, if I, if I, if I espouse my, you know, my, uh, my goals to you and you follow up with me a month or two later and I'm like, yeah, well, it didn't work out. You're like, well, what was your goal? And I tell you, and you're like, damn, I wouldn't do that either. Right? Like, but then there, there's people too, who set unrealistic goals on purpose because they know they're not going to do them. They know they're not going to do that. Right. right? It's, right. It's, an out, it's an out before they start. Sure. And why do you think that is, though? Where does that come from? Is that fear-based, do you think? I do think so. I think, you know, one of the issues that, that you know, I struggle with, and I'm sure everybody else that's out, out there, is that, you know, you set a goal and you become accountable to it. What if you don't hit it? Like, it's like going to a tournament. Like, the hardest part about going to the tournament is tying your belt before you get on the mat. Sure. Right? Like, that's the toughest point because you're full of fear. You're full of questions. You're full of self-doubt. Right. Right. Um, but, you know, you just got to walk on the mat and do the fight, you know? And, sure. And I, I think that sometimes, you know, like, it, it, as a good example, if you're going to say, my goal this year is to fight, you know, a black belt and you're a white belt and you tie your belt before you're getting on the mat, that's a delusion, right? So right. if you set an appropriate goal... Then right. you don't have to be afraid of that goal. Yeah, you know, I'm gonna fight another white belt, and I'm gonna try to win more than I lo- lose this right. year. That's that's pretty appropriate. I think sure. that's being fair to yourself. Sure, I think so, and I think like you can start even like a little bit closer to 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 where you are at that point, which is to say, and I and I do I do agree with you that you should put the mindset on that like I do want to win because I'm I'm terrible about that stuff in terms of like competition because I usually just don't give a shit. I, I want to go and have a good time and I want to roll and have fun and I'm hoping I'll get some good matches, right? Um, and and uh, and I think for a lot of folks, myself included, that's the wrong mindset. Like, I do want to win. Like, yeah. you, you, you know, you want to like... <laughs> sure. You want to improve your mettle and, and do that. So I think that's important. But but start at the point where you've decided that you are going to commit to doing those things and you set aside the money and you set aside the time. Because I think a lot of that stuff is where those things go wrong, right? So for us as casual competitors... It costs, and well, it costs even more for professional competitors. But for us casual competitors, families and time, like money and time is a big deal. And if you're not setting aside that that time or that money to do those things, you're already setting yourself up for failure. Because along with the anxiety of actually competing is all the other stuff that goes with it, right? So if, for instance, you go to an IBJJF tournament, like the New York Open, and you're going to travel to New York, you're going to spend the night, you're going to compete, you might lose, you lose your first match, you're out, yeah. Right. Yeah. And then how do you justify that in your own mind? Right. You've, but if you've set those things aside for that process, then you're, then you're free of that anxiety, you yeah. know? And you, so then you can just focus on the, the, the anxiety of competing. 
That's right. You know. Well, and, and to answer your question further of, you know, why do I think people set unrealistic goals on purpose? Um, it goes back to what you, you've said, you know, in numerous podcasts is take responsibility. You know, it's an easy way to say, well, that wasn't my fault. You know, like, like right. I, well, I mean, what, what was I supposed to do? I, I went to a fight with a black belt, you know, right. of course I was going to lose, you know, right. I don't ever get any good goals. <laughs> this is stupid, <laughs> you know, and, and it's yeah. like, it, you, but you, you look him in the eye and you go, uh, yeah. I see what you're doing. There. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And you're not only you're, are you trying, you're attempting to fool me, but what you're really doing is attempting to fool yourself and yeah. believing that that Just take some responsibility. Yeah. Take some responsibility. And I think that like. You know, this this leads into one of those things that uh, you and I talk about. We have we have uh, definitive opinions on it, and that is like the eighth place trophy, right? <laughs> <laughs> you laugh. Love uh, it. Uh, uh, Mr. Galino and myself share a uh, uh, mutual hatred. A, a mutual hatred for the eighth place trophy. <laughs> um, and and I and I tell you this. I tell this story. I tell it to my kids too because it's important. I think, and that is, you know, I played baseball for a number of years up until uh, I was I think seventeen. I played Legion ball one year. And, uh, and, uh, but at any rate, like the years prior, you know, we'd always have tryouts for all-stars, right? And I almost never made the all-star team, right? But there was no, there was no compensation model for that. That was just like, hey man, you didn't make the all-star team. Sorry. You know what I mean? I didn't get a trophy. I didn't get a pat on the back. I didn't get a a complimentary hat. I wasn't part of the team, you know, like, like these were all my friends and they all liked me and we all got along really well during the baseball season. I had a lot of fun playing ball. But I just wasn't an all-star, you know? Like, yeah. that was the, the way it went. And uh, and we didn't have coaches back then or organizations that were like, well, here's your parting gift, you know? Or right. here's your participatory, participatory trophy, you know, for these things. But I do see them now. I see them all over the place, you yeah, know? Yeah, it makes me want to vomit. Yeah, yeah. So do you want to talk about that? It makes me want to blow chunks. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, listen, you know, what, what, if my kid... You know, obviously they're going to have a, a ceremony to give out trophies. I, I remember a couple years ago, my son, my oldest son, played on a baseball team. And listen, these boys were good. Yeah. There were some really good players on the team. Right. If you had to say, like, what team looks to be, like, going to be a really powerful team this year, this would be one of them that was put up at the top. Sure. They didn't win one game. <laughs> Not one game. Right. They right. would come as close to winning with a terrible team as they would with the number one team. Okay. And, you know, it was just whatever it was, the chemistry of the team was off. And, you know, and I've talked to some of these dads later on, and we just all shake our heads. It was just a bad year. Yeah, it happens. You know, right. and, and, you know, the worst thing that we could have done was to be like, oh, buddy, you know, that's so sad. Well, let's take you to Dairy Queen anyways. You know, good effort there, buddy. Right, right. Like, that's stupid. Yeah, fuck you. You're not going to Dairy Queen. <laughs> no way. <laughs> yeah, l- listen, we can love them on a on a small level and be like, man, listen, I understand that hurts. You yeah. Know, well, let's go get out some ice cream, me and you. But we're not celebrating anything. Right. And certainly do not give me a trophy at the end of the year. I think Or my boy a trophy at the end of the year after they didn't win one game. Like, you know, they, they need to understand, like, that's what losers get is nothing. Right. Losers get nothing. Losers get nothing. <laughs> well, well, right? You know, I think it, I think in a lot of ways like I think you're right. I think that's that's true. I mean, and I and again it goes back to loving the process, right? So so and and to the uh, the extension of that my all-star story was that it did give me uh, a reasonable goal to shoot for. So I mean, I had I had uh, some of the attributes that were necessary to be a good ball player and to make the all-star team. And I remember on several years that I actually attempted to work my way to that. And guess what? I made the all-star team. 
Um, it just didn't happen that often. And, and it's the same, we were just talking about this before, and this is the same thing occurs in jujitsu. And that is, you know, I can't tell you, uh, I will say first and foremost that I've, I've lost more matches than I've won um, in Brazilian jiu-jitsu competition, although there was a breaking point in which like, I started to win more and more. Yeah. But there have been times where I go to compete and there's only two guys in my division. And <laughs> the next thing you know, there's a podium picture of me taking second place. You right. know, well, I took second place because I lost. I didn't like. <laughs> I didn't win second place. I lost first place. <laughs> so, That's right. You know, and and uh, and I and I've always noted that there there will be guys at these competitions. They try and give them the medal, and they're like, I don't want it because I lost, and there's only two guys in my division, and I respect that. Like, I think okay. Like that's like it's like don't get me wrong. I think everybody has a mutual amount of respect and admiration for the fact that you competed, right? Yeah. That is the reward, right? Like you get to take what you've learned from that process and go back and be better the next time, right? Yeah, that's right. Or sometimes it's just not your day. Sometimes you just like your boys' ball team. Sometimes it things, it's not a direct reflection of your skill or ability, right? That's it's exactly your right. skill and ability at that time or in that in that context, or you just got beat, like. It happens, um, and so like so. I think though to to manage those expectations meant that I had to look at the things that were obtainable and what I could make happen, yeah. And then let that be its own reward. Like the the fact that I made the all star team or the fact that I win a competition or whatever is just icing on the cake. All the stuff that happened in between is the is the shit that I like. Yeah. Well, you know, I'll tell you one thing. It's hanging right on my banister here. Okay. Let me just grab it quick. Well, it was. What? Well, where are you going, man? Okay, Mr. Galino just left the podcast. I mean, he's completely disappeared. He's, I'm looking for my Spartan trophy. He's looking for his Spartan trophy. So I apologize for the dead air on this Oh, there one. it is. Hang on, Jack. He's found it. He's going to get it. Talk to me while you're up there. Hold on. Can you hear me still? I can hear you. Can you hear it? I hear you. Do you does everybody hear the Spartan trophy? It's on its way. Oh, it's amazing. It's in the shape of a penis. <laughs> You might as well just take a turd and hang it from a string and put it around my neck. Okay. Because I, I got to talk about this. It's funny we're talking. A turd shaped this. like a penis? You know what this says, Jeff? It says uh, 2017 finisher, Spartan yeah. Sprint. Yeah, so if you get three of these, they magnetically turn into a circle of garbage. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. sweet. Like, th this is the biggest turd on a stick I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> someone's, trying, <laughs> someone's trying to tell me it's a medal. So let me just talk about this race. I. I ran this race with some buddies. It was at the uh, the Phillies Stadium. Right. And listen, I touched every stair in the entire stadium. Okay. I carried water up some. I carried sandbags down others. Right. Ran circles. I was on the field climbing a ladder. And every time you don't complete a, an activity, you've got to do burpees. Okay. Well, I got a secret for you. I didn't do all the burpees. Because <laughs> I couldn't. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> right? I couldn't climb a rope and touch the bell. I couldn't do any of those things. So what do they do? They go, you know, I cross the finish line. They go, congratulations, you're a finisher. <laughs> <laughs> so you're a finisher. Yeah, so I'm a finisher, man. We just take this thing and move it around the house, and we have no reason for keeping it. But I decided just now, Jeff, I know what I'm going to do. What are you going to do with this? I'm going to set a goal to finish all three of them. Are you? I'm going to turn this thing into a circle of garbage, <laughs> and it's going to be a, a turd circle. <laughs> so I am going to keep it, and then someone's going to go, oh, you finished all three Spartan races. I'll be like, yeah, no, and I like, didn't finish any of them. I didn't finish any of them, I've got this, uh, but I have this Spartan turd circle. <laughs> but I've got good friends. I've got good friends who will do the burpees for me. <laughs> 
man, winning is not a, winning is a team sport. Yeah, winning's everything. It is everything, especially if you get a trophy. Well, you know, we I think it's a, I think it's funny what this what this leads to. Of course, is the uh, you know again, the, this adds to the delusion, right? That you know we've accomplished we've accomplished something, even though we ourselves really don't feel like we have. And I think that's I think that's destructive in and of itself, right? That you that you know even though your personal feeling at the time was that like, I really didn't finish it, but I got this medal. And then over time it starts to shift into like, well, I guess I did participate in that. And I, yeah. you know, nobody else participated in it. And now I'm a big winner. And then again, it like, it's so pretty good at Spartan races now. Yeah. Right. I'm like, actually I, you know, I, you're, or a Spartan race comes up in a conversation. You're like, I did that. You know, <laughs> you, know what I, you know what I'm talking about. Right. And then all of a sudden though, but what you've done is you've, you've actively like, you've actively set your mind to like reaching the yeah. lowest minimum, you know, possible to achieve a certain you know a certain goal and so instead of it instead of it like having it's almost like having a winning mindset means that you have to accept like you have to you cannot accept anything less than that yeah what's funny in jujitsu uh you probably have seen this a lot of times where uh you know there will be a um uh what, what do you call it somebody gets disqualified a dq yeah and the guy raises his hand like he's a winner. You know, the other yeah. guy is like, well, you just like won on a DQ. Like, right. <laughs> the guy accidentally put his leg over and, and reaped. looked yeah. like he was going to reap, but yeah. then sw- stopped right away. But it's Actually, too late. Yeah, I saw that happen with Gordon Ryan recently. Yeah. And, um, you know, they called the match. But, you know, I, it's like, what a terrible thing to win that way. Nobody wants to win like that. No, yeah. I mean, except for me with my turd on a stick. Yeah, well, that's an entirely different scenario. <laughs> sort of. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's. Uh, I think that's. That's actually the the glory of combat, right there. That's, that is that, the turd. The turd ring. Yeah, I mean the circle of turd. The circle uh, of turd is. I'm gonna hang it on my wall, and everybody will know <laughs> that I I did all three parts without ever completing one of them. <laughs> and you too can be a winner. And you too can if you just. Participate. Bring enough people to do your burpees. That's right, and then you can you can win too. I, I think it got near the end of that, and you um, should wear that around your neck all the time, like Mr. T. <laughs> I was I was losing I was losing the uh, the the control of bodily functions at that point, and I'm like, how how many thousand burpees can I do before like I just crap my pants? <laughs> <laughs> That's like that is the question. That is the question. I think we should put that to the test. Yeah, let's yeah. do it. So we'll see what we'll see what that. I I know for me it'll be about two and a half. <laughs> two and a half. <laughs> it, it'll depend Whoops. on what time of the day it is. <laughs> yeah, right, right after your coffee in the morning. Yeah, right after the coffee, it's two and a half burpees, <laughs> and I'm like, poop. <laughs> so so yeah, so I think like you know, so when we're talking, when we're looking at like the like we're looking at your New Year's resolutions, but we're looking at like uh, because we're putting it in the context of the holidays, but. Realistically, you know, we want want you guys to like to set goals that that are obtainable, reasonable, and don't don't cheapen the deal by thinking that just because you set it as as reasonable that it was not challenging. Right. So I mean, it was probably challenging to set that in the first place. Like to to lower your expectations, I think, is so that they are more manageable is difficult is a difficult process because the 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 thought of and we talked a little bit about this in the last podcast. Where we were like, I where I watch a fight on television, and I'm like, I can do that. Right? Yeah, I want to do that. You know, and but the but there's a there's a difference between like the way that you feel that you are and the reality of, of that situation. The only way to find out is to test it. So set that set that goal 
set that goal closer to where you are. And if you achieve it easily, then you know that you've achieved it easily. That's, that's, that can be proven, right? Now yeah. you can set it a little bit further out and try that and set it a little bit further out and try yeah. that. And then before long, what you're doing is you, you've set up again, a process of, of, of enjoyment. Like you, before long, you don't realize that you're just, you're just reaching goals and it becomes a habit. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Of reaching goals. Well, you know, it's funny cause I think, you know, you and I talked about this just, um, you know, off the podcast, but and this goes for my my business life, and this goes for what we do on the mats, goes for your business life, that, you know, when we do things at work, you do things for your business, you set those goals, and um, it's only going to be one to three goals, right? Something that yeah, you can focus yeah. on long term, because... You know, nothing's worse than like people who set goals all the time and never hit any of them. Right. And it's like, hey, uh, you see them one week and they're like, set this goal. See them a week later, like, uh, no, I'm doing this now. And you're like, well, what happened to, what happened know, to the last one? What right? happened to the weight loss? Or right. what happened to like, you know, you know, saving money? Or, you know, it's like, dang on, like hit yeah. one of them. Right. And right. you end up being somebody who, and, and like, you know, I'm so guilty of this, where, where, where I end up being somebody who's like always, always trying to set a goal but never focused enough to accomplish it. Okay. And then and then you kind of like lose that respect, right? Sure. For and yourself. For yourself. Yeah, yeah. And then you lose confidence. And so like if you set a goal, like freaking hit it. Yeah. Like set one that you can hit. Like if you're going to set goals, right? And here's what I was thinking about this year. And by the way, I, I am a person. I love to set goals on January. Oh, do you? Okay. I do because I like a clean start. Okay, yeah. Everybody, Everybody likes for a clean sure. break. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Your silence earlier like indicated otherwise. I was like, oh, maybe I'm the only one that does that shit. No, but I, I'd love I, I love a clean start. And you know, and what I'm thinking about doing for this year is setting like goals that can be hit over certain periods of time. So, you know, maybe a shorter goal hit you know, hit something in like three months, hit something in six months, and then something like right out of year. So yeah. Something that stretches me, takes me a, a year to complete. Sure. Um but, you know, it's like that way I, I start getting the practice of doing that. Sure. Yeah. And that's what it is. I mean, it is it all it is all practice and patience, right? I sure. mean, it's all about... it's and all focus. About, and focus. Yeah. Staying focused on that and then practicing that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so make sure it's something that you really like. Because otherwise, it's just stuff that you're wasting time on. You yeah. know, that, that doesn't have an end. It doesn't have... It doesn't really have any meaning to you. Um, besides like the whatever unreasonable glory you think like Spartan races, right, will yeah. be. Um, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't actually accomplish anything. And more importantly is this leads into something that I think we'll talk about later on, uh, because we've got a lot of cool stuff planned for you guys for the new year, including new equipment that'll help with the, with the voice and everything else. So be looking for that. But, but, um, but what I wanted to say was that, uh, oh shit, I lost my train of thought. I did too. God damn it. You wanted to be a wrist locker. I did. I am a wrist locker. That's, <laughs> I knew it. I love the lock wrist. It'll take you like 12 months to accomplish being yeah, that big of a douche. Yeah. I, I just love, I love <laughs> locking wrists. If I, I mean, if we, since we've diverted into like whatever I was going to say, I'm sure it was going to be really, really important it was. and interesting. And now I'm, I'm locking wrists because yeah. fuck it. When all else fails, I'll just lock your wrist. Yeah. Cause listen, here's the thing, man. If someone's sitting there with their wrist flat, around yeah i mean what Sorry. else are you gonna do right right mr boyd adam boyd shout yeah. out adam boyd does it uh, uh i think uh, i think uh, uh mr brogan he uh the old broganator yeah he uh he i think admires and encourages the the wrist lock yeah <laughs> yeah 
Yeah, he said, why armbar them when you can wrist lock them? It's way more embarrassing. Yeah, so. I, actually, he said that at the seminar. Yeah, he he did. was like, I don't even like armbars, but I can wrist lock all day. Yeah. Which, by the way, um, you know, it's a fun thing to joke about, but holy smokes, if you ever rolled with a, a legit wrist locker. Yeah, it blows. My goodness gracious, it, yeah. your whole game will change. I mean, I remember I used to do a lot of like, you know, lapel grabs. And I'd lock my wrist, my fist against their chest. chest yeah. And then I, you know, the, to have somebody roll your wrist over and, and lock you. Yeah. Just like over and over and over until you're like, that's it. I'm done doing that. <laughs> so I don't even hold people's lapels well, there. Well, as I had mentioned earlier, <laughs> that uh, pain is a prime indicator that you've done yeah. something stupid. Right? That's so right. there you go. That was a, there's a quotable for you guys. I think it already was quoted at one point. But the, uh-huh. yeah, and I, and I can't, and unfortunately, I wish that I could remember what I was going to say. But I think... I think it was in terms of uh, you know of, of setting goals or, or putting your mind putting your mind in an area that is that is uh, you know I think realistic and obtainable. But I think that I think this was going somewhere. But it it was something yeah. important, and I don't remember. Hopefully, it'll come back. Yeah, it's not the end of the world. Hey, listen, I, I do want to talk about this, guys. Listen, if you're if you're listening to the podcast, make sure you go out, like us on Facebook. Um, we're going to be getting Instagram going here. And uh, we want to hear from you. So uh, one of the big things that Jeff and I are, are talking about for the new year is um, hearing from you guys, hearing what you want to hear about. Yeah, um, we have gotten some feedback, by the way, and I do want to yeah. comment on that, that, that we will be, we have heard you and we'll be taking that into consideration. So uh, one of the topics was, you know, the, the, the side of miscommunications and how those, like how that affects it. And my, my personal opinion, just as a, a, as a little bit of a, preview is that mistakes, misinterpretations, and miscommunications uh, lead to new ideas. So I'm a big fan of it. (laughs) I like it. So, but at any rate, we will address those topics. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. So, so make sure you go out and do that. Um, Harrisburg Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu for life. Yeah. For life, man. Yeah. 6 a.m. for life. You know, all right. Set goals, guys. Yeah, set goals, and 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 uh, I guess we. I don't know. We're not going to be convening. Uh, I think this will be our last episode of the year. I think. Yeah, probably. Do you think so? Yeah, I don't have any Noel or um, Yule yeah. log. I got nothing for you. Yeah, we got. Oh, I've got the Yule. Log. I do have a turd on a stick. <laughs> you you want to borrow it? You want to burn that? You want to wear it around your neck? You it's can poop do. again. <laughs> poop. <laughs> so we can. Yeah, you can borrow. Uh, Jeff's turn on a stick. That's cool. So at any rate, we won't wish you guys a super, super happy holiday. And it's, uh, it's been a, it's been a year. I'll tell you that much. And, uh, we really enjoyed starting this podcast. Look forward to the next year and, uh, you know, set reasonable goals. Don't fuck it up. Yeah. Just do it. Just do it. See you guys. You guys, I remember what I was going to say at the end of the podcast, and it took me uh, it took me like two hours later to figure it out. So here's your bonus material. What I wanted to say was that nobody gives a shit, okay? Nobody. Doesn't matter about your failures. Doesn't matter about your successes. The only reason that we're interested in each other and what we're doing is because of the process. We're interested in knowing more about that and how we get to those points, but we really don't care whether you succeed or fail. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. It's all it comes out in the wash anyway, my friends. So anyway, there you go. There's your bonus material. And I uh, hope you guys all have a really, really super happy holiday and, uh, and a terrific new year and setting goals and ones that you can reach. So we'll, uh, we'll talk to you in the next one. See ya.